Well, happy Father's Day to stay at the obvious. For those of you who are dads, the rest are out fishing or golfing right now. And uh, it's, it is a nice day. It's nothing like Mother's Day. Mother's Day is legit and Father's Day is there. All right? But I hope you're... I hope your family's treating you okay, you know, whether it's a new power tool or you get a round of golf or the classic, I love the classic, a belt or a wallet, you know, which just says like, we don't know what to give you, but here you go, keep your pants up or whatever, you know. (laughs) Anyway, there's another gift for you this morning, and it's not just for dads, it's for all of us. There is a gift in the scriptures called wisdom. And so we're at the beginning of a new series on, called Words to the Wise. Now, how do you handle the things that are most important in life? How do, you, how do you navigate them, whether it's relationships or money or marriage or kids or conflict or God's larger purpose for your life in the world? How are you and I going to navigate it? It's wisdom. Uh, Now, let's be honest about our our world. We live in the information age. We have access to more information than any other humans in the entirety of human history. Whether it's Facebook or YouTube or whether it's to search on Google or Snapchat, we have access to everything in the now in real time. But the question is, is it making the difference? Are we better? Are we making better decisions? Are we more wisely informed? Are we more generous and kind? Are we actually living better with this glut of information? I want to suggest it's not translating to change lives, at least always. So we just finished a a series on the Ten Commandments that talks about God's specific words about specific situations. The object of our worship, don't have any other God before me. About relationships, don't commit adultery. About interpersonal relationships, don't lie, don't steal, and don't murder. Don't try to bring down. So God does have like very specific words about specific things, but not about everything. So this summer we want to look at words that will make us wise. What about the questions that we're facing that are not answered with a chapter and verse? You're not going to find it directly in the Bible. Like... Do I study business or art? Show me the Bible verse that tells us to navigate that. Do I go to college or do I go straight to work? Should I get married? How do I choose? When? Uh, What about kids? If if we are married, kids, one, a dozen. Somewhere in between? When do we start? When do we stop? Do I rent a house or buy? Can I actually afford to buy even though they're willing to lend me the money? Do I get a new car or, hu- or used, or do I just bike and take the max? Complex ones like coffee. Do I have milk or do I drink it black? Okay? There is a chapter and verse on that, and we'll talk about that later. I know the answer. When you, once you go black, you don't go back. Anyway, all right. Milk's not going to help your cause. It destroys the coffee, and if you don't like that, speak the truth in love. That's what we do here. All right. But we offer French vanilla for those of you who are... In process. Okay. Today we're going to start a new series called Words to the Wise because there are things in life that are important and God does want us to know, but the way he grows it is through a tool called wisdom. Now, there are all sorts of wisdom sayings out there in the world. They're not equally helpful, but there are all sorts of wisdom 
saying. So let's just start. You help me because these are so common. You're going to know them. The early bird gets the? Okay, you know that. If it ain't broke, don't? Makes sense. Better late than? Which is what I say at 10 after 9. You know, just get here. Better late than never. Uh, Cleanliness is next to? Oh, some of you are just like, thank you. That's my life verse. It's not in the Bible, but there you go. My favorite, God helps those who? Of course. Wow, that's like a saying. Is that in the Bible? Or is that contrary to the Bible? You see, there's lots of wisdom sayings out there, but the reason we need to be careful is because we can pick up on wisdom, cultural wisdom, human wisdom, someone's wisdom, but it may not make us wise. So we're going to focus our attention, not saying that there isn't good, regular wisdom out there. I believe, we believe as a church, that there is better wisdom. God's wisdom is the great wisdom. It's divine wisdom. It's the most helpful words to us. So the scriptures are embedded with words that are wise. And so what we're going to look at is just this morning, just to set the tone for the summer, Proverbs 1, and begin to gain a heart of wisdom. So go there, Proverbs 1, we'll read the first seven verses. It says, the uh, Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining wisdom and instruction, for understanding words of insight, for receiving instruction in prudent behavior, doing what is right and just and fair. For giving prudence to those who are simple, knowledge and discretion to the young. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. Let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. Verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Now, Proverbs begins what's known, of those of you who have ever studied the Bible, as wisdom literature. The Bible is one collection of 66 books, and they're not all written the same way. And so even though we read them, we just you know, read beginning to end and front to back, we're not supposed to read every bit the same way. The way you read and understand a narrative, like the, the story of David and Goliath, you see what happened in the event what you get out of that is different than reading poetry. If you're reading the Psalms, you read them both, but you don't understand them the same way. And so God has given us a section of the Bible called the wisdom literature. It's Proverbs, and it's, it's Job, and it's Ecclesiastes, and some scholars also include the Songs of Solomon or the Song of Songs. There is an entire section dedicated to a way of writing that leads us to wisdom. But wisdom sayings are all over the Bible. So it's not like if you want to be wise, just read Proverbs and Job and Ecclesiastes. There's, there's wisdom psalms, psalms that are written differently, but they're meant to lead us to wisdom. There's wisdom sayings in the prophets. Jesus spoke in parables, which are nuggets of wisdom. And the book of James, if you've ever looked at the New Testament, it reads almost exactly like the wisdom literature in the Old Testament. So there's a New Testament equivalent. James does not read like every other book. All that to say, God has given a lot of space in the scriptures for us to grow and be wise. Now, what makes wisdom literature different? Let's just, just baseline. What's really different in the way you know it's a wisdom saying 
is it's super personal and practical. Super personal and practical. And so what I want us to do this morning is just look at five things about the nature of wisdom. And it's going to kind of tee it up for future teachings when we think about how I can grow in this area. God wants to grow us, but first I need to understand what wisdom is and isn't. So Proverbs 1 gives us the intro. Five things, write them down. Number one, wisdom is passed down. Notice this, Proverbs 1.1. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Now you you gotta see this in the way it was originally written, there is no king greater than David in the Bible. So the way the Proverbs begin is, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, who's the son of the great king David. Notice the progression. God, if you read the Bible, David is known as a man after God's own heart. David learns from God. God teaches David, and then David passes on God's teaching to his son. And now Proverbs... The the way it's framed is this collection of sayings of father to son, parent to child. Wisdom is passed down. This is so important because if you want to gain a wise life, you don't just come to church on a Sunday or pray when you're alone. Wisdom happens when we're together. There are people who have God's wisdom in their life. And guess what? If you interact with them, if you get to know them, if you, if you listen in and lean in, you can grow not just from knowing God. I'm not diminishing you learning from God. But I am saying the way God has framed life is that I learned wisdom from you as you learned it from God. So wisdom is a community thing. It's passed down. So there's no such thing as a self-made man or a self-made Woman, That's, that sounds good on someone's biography, autobiography. I made it myself. No, you didn't. Wisdom is passed down. It goes from generation to generation. Second thing, wisdom is skill. If you want to know, like, what does it mean to be wise? It means to be skillful. The word in Hebrew, chokmah, means skill. So every time you see wisdom, you can insert the word skill. Look, look at verse 1 then. The Proverbs... Of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, for gaining skill and instruction. You see, it's about skill, instruction, understanding, insight. All of those words that we see here in verse 2. Wisdom, instruction, understanding, insight. Receiving instruction, verse 3, in prudent behavior. All of that has to do with living skillfully. So wisdom, you could say, is skill for life. We're all living right now. That's my ancient Chinese proverb. You breatheth. You're alive, right? The question is, are you living with skill? What does it mean to live with insight and understanding? Are you living well? I'm not saying, are you getting paid? I'm not saying, do people look up to you? When you look at all that you've been given and all that you're called to do and be, are you navigating a good course? Are you living in a way that people would want to send their children to live with you? Because if I send my kids to live with you, I believe they will grow. Can you say that in the way that you're living life? Now, learning has a purpose. So 
Sometimes we confuse wisdom with intelligence. Like, man, he's really smart. He's got his master's. He's earned his PhD. He's done postdoctoral work. Wow, he has been given this seat or a chair at a university. And I want to suggest to you that wisdom is way more than education, although education has something to do with it. We all know people who are very smart and very foolish at the same time. We all know someone who has more knowledge and insight about particular subjects, but can't hold their family together, can't hold their personal behavior together, can't control their appetites. So there's a difference between being knowledgeable and growing from knowledge to wisdom. Wisdom is a skill. So education doesn't necessarily produce wisdom, but it can help it along. Now, here is a mind-blowing concept. Jesus grew in wisdom. We won't go there, but Luke 2.52 says, Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and favor with God and men. Jesus grew. Wow. Now you say, but he's God. He knew everything. No, he did not. He is God made man. When he was born of the Virgin Mary, he was born a real child and he learned the Hebrew alphabet. He learned Aramaic. He learned one plus one does not always equal two, depending on your understanding of math. You know, because it's not concrete anymore. Just, I'm a parent of a fourth grader, so like, math doesn't make sense anymore. But Jesus grew as a human, as God made man. He grew not just in knowledge. The Bible says he grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and with men. This is why verses 3 and 4 are, are huge. Look at Proverbs 3 and 4 again. Receiving instruction in prudent what? Behavior. Learning how to behave. Doing what is right, just, and fair. You see, wisdom is not just about what you know. It's about how you live. Wisdom has an end result. A quote by a really wise scholar, one of the greatest scholars about Psalms and Proverbs today. He lives in California, teaches at Westmont. Tremper Longman, he says, Wisdom is the skill of living. It's a practical knowledge that helps one know how to act and how to speak in different situations. So different circumstances are going to require a response. And that's important. So wisdom entails the ability to avoid problems and the skill to handle them when they present themselves. So wisdom doesn't mean you won't hit conflict, but it will show you how to avoid some of it and how to handle all of it. Sometimes trouble just comes your way. You had nothing to do with it. Wisdom shows you the, the path. Now, he wrote a book called How to Read Proverbs. I don't even think it's 20 bucks. I have it on Kindle. I think it was $9.99. I would totally recommend for this series in your own learning. It's, um, it's a helpful book, How to Read Proverbs. And just go to uh, Amazon and write Tremper Longman. There's not like more than one human called Tremper Longman. Actually, there are two other because he's the third. Anyway. <laughs> Self-correction. Anyway. Number three. Wisdom is a path. Wisdom is a path. Look at verses five and six again. Let the wise listen and add to their learning. This is interesting. The wise don't know it all. But the wise are still listening and adding. Let the discerning get guidance. The discerning already have guidance, but they, they get more. For understanding proverbs and parables, 
the sayings and the riddles of the wise. So you don't become wise in a day. This isn't something that you get at the completion and at graduation ceremony, cap, gown, tassel, wisdom. You just don't, it doesn't work that way. It's a lifelong pursuit. So the wise are on the path and always adding to their learning. A wise person is a learning person. It's a person in progress. Wisdom does not have an end. As long as you're breathing, you can grow And listen, this is so encouraging. No matter where you are on the faith spectrum, if you're following Jesus right now or not following Jesus, whether you've been following him for a few months or a few years, or you're looking back like, wow, I have more life with Jesus than life before Jesus. All of us can continue to grow in wisdom. So in one sense, as a church, we want to grow as lifelong learners, We're content that we know God, but we're not content. I'm glad that I know some of the Bible, but so much is still a mystery to me. And trust me, the more I learn and the more I study, the more I realize I'm just scratching the surface. I'm just beginning to learn. And so all of us, what we want to do in this summer is to, in a sense, change the way we look at the world. No small goal. Enjoy a little holiday and change the way you see the world. That's our goal, because if I see it as a destination, like, I know Jesus, he's wise, I'm good, I'm just going to hang with him. We're going we're gonna to stunt our growth, but rather if I see that Jesus is wise, but he's, he's given us a path, and I can grow in it, I can continue to grow, and I never get there, and I can be satisfied and dissatisfied at the same time. Not discontented, like, man, I'm, I'm a nobody, I'm... I'm just, I'll never, do, no, 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 not that kind of contented, but the contented that says, man, I've grown in the last few months, but what can I do now that will stoke, that will just, just, just fuel the fire so that I don't grow at this pace? What if I had an exponential sense of growth where it wasn't just a little trickle? Is that even possible? The answer is yes. Now, how does wisdom come? This is going to be the tough part. Wisdom does not come in one form. So someone say, well, I just, I just read the Proverbs because the Proverbs is the book of wisdom. No. Look at what it says again in verse 6. Understanding Proverbs, parables, sayings, riddles of the wise. Wisdom comes in many forms. So catch this. Proverbs is a bunch of short, catchy sayings. That's one way of growing in wisdom. Two to three lines, short, poetic, and to the point. But Ecclesiastes, if you've ever read Ecclesiastes, it's a long monologue. It's Solomon talking to himself. Ecclesiastes, he's, he's not talking to you. He's kind of talking to himself out loud. It's like a Shakespearean soliloquy. He's off by himself, contemplating the meaning of the universe. So to get Ecclesiastes, catch this, you cannot read one chapter. You have to read the entire thing. If you read part of Ecclesiastes, you will become utterly depressed, give up on God, and walk away. Meaningless, meaningless, everything is meaningless, says the teacher. What's the point of getting up? You're going to die anyway. Meaningless, meaningless. Like, okay, God had a bad day. He had a really bad day, and so he inspired Solomon to spute this nothingness. It's not till the end that you get the point of Ecclesiastes. Proverbs, you read two to three lines. Ecclesiastes, you need to read the whole thing. 
Job is a total dialogue. Wisdom comes from how Job's friends talk to Job. You want to learn how not to treat people? Read Job's friends. Sometimes when we see people in trouble, especially guys, we want to fix it. Let me tell you your problem. Here's what you need to do. Here's what you need to think. Here's how you need to start. Job's dialogue with the friends makes you realize Job's friends don't know what they're talking about. And they actually spur Job in the wrong direction rather than the right direction. So the dialogue is the way that we begin to learn how to live wise. Look at Job's dialogue with God and God's response to Job. Wisdom comes from a dialogue. Now, Jesus shares parables, which are not just cute stories. Parables are what confused people about Jesus because they didn't understand exactly what he meant. So it is a short story with very real layered meaning. It's not just about one thing. It's not A equals A and B equals B. You have to understand the rhythm of what God is saying. So he talks about seeds and sowing. He talks about wine and wineskins. And if you're not careful, most of the teachers misunderstood the parables. And so did the disciples. So the disciples said, can you please explain this? So there are some things that are not obvious in Jesus. Some things that Jesus says sound like they're understandable, but require some wisdom to unlock what God is saying. My point is that there's all sorts of ways that we learn in Scripture. So in life, the same thing could be said. Wisdom can come from sitting and listening to teaching or a podcast or a TV show or reading a book. Wisdom can come from sitting at your favorite coffee shop and just talking about life and hearing someone share their story with you. It could come in all sorts of ways at all sorts of times. The wise person has their antennas up, seeking God's instruction, skill for life. Do you know you can learn from everyone? You can learn, parent, from your kids. Kids, your parents aren't dorks. They can teach you and grow you in wisdom. And, and I, I say it to those of you who aren't parents yet. You don't know what you're talking about. Period. You just don't know what you're talking about. And you'll tuck that away. You're mad at me now. I don't care. And one day you will have a child of your own and you'll realize how frightening it is. How frightening it is to realize God has given you responsibility to guide a life. So moms and dads mess up all the time because we're human and judged all the time because we're human. But it is an entirely difficult thing that if God gives you that privilege, take it with fear and trembling. So you don't know what you're talking about until you've actually been given responsibility over a life. So, okay, now I did that on purpose. What I was trying to show you is that wisdom can be uncovered, right? Don't judge too quickly. Wisdom can be uncovered. All right, number four, wisdom is tied to a person. So this is where there's a divergent path from biblical wisdom and human wisdom. For us and for our study, we're not just going to general wisdom, which I want to be clear, sometimes general wisdom, non-specific sourced wisdom, matches up with biblical wisdom. But what I want to make the claim is that true wisdom is sourced in biblical wisdom. 
So just because another teacher of another faith or another human says it, doesn't mean it's unwise. It could match with what the Bible says. But I have to be clear. If a saying, a teacher, a quote, a blog, a post is in opposition to what God has said, it is in opposition. And those of us who claim to follow Jesus need to source our soul in biblical wisdom because who is wiser than God? And if God sourced it, then I need to trust it above human wisdom. Verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning, the fear of the Lord. Now, the fear of the Lord isn't to be afraid of God, but is to recognize that we live in God's world. So whatever I do, I have to, when I'm doing what I'm doing, right or wrong, I need to remind myself, I want to be wise, the beginning of it is, it's not my world. I do not live in our world, my world. I live in God's world. So the fear of the Lord is the recognition that if God made it and God shapes it and God loves his world and God loves me, am I in alignment with God in his world or am I doing my own thing? Wisdom does not begin necessarily with book smarts or street smarts. Some would say, like, well, he doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of education, but he's street wise, right? He's got street cred. And that's great. Experiential wisdom is a good thing. Book wisdom is a good thing. But biblical wisdom is sourced in our recognition that God owns it all and I am accountable to God. I, you, we, to put it in New Testament language, will stand at the judgment seat of Christ, and he will examine our lives. That's the end game for the follower of Jesus. That my life is to be lived recognizing I'm in God's world, and at the end I will. We say, well, Jesus loves me. You'll still give an account for your life. Well, Jesus died and rose again to rescue me. Absolutely. Grace is there. You'll still give an account for your life. But I thought he said he'd he'd forget as far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our sins from us. Absolutely, yes. The penalty of sin has been paid for, but you'll still give an account for your life. Wisdom says, I live in God's world, and I am God's person. Therefore, I want to go God's direction. So fools, we're going to see all summer long a contrast between the wise and the foolish. Know this, the fool is not the uneducated. The fool is the person who refuses to learn wisdom. So the Bible fool is not saying he was ignorant or he failed the the, the test or he hasn't grown up yet. No, the fool is potentially super educated and super influential and absolutely off the mark with God. So if I'm off the mark with God, I become a fool I want to suggest something that's very painful but very true. You can be a follower of Jesus, a Christian, and a fool at the same time. God, in his wisdom, allows for that dichotomy. You have been given rulership of the days that God has given you. God gives you a certain amount of days. You're here. You're going to live for a bit. You're going to die. That's like wisdom literature speaks that bluntly. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't masquerade. You are going to die. Now, while you are here on your limited days, limited, what are you doing with them? How are you going to count for them before God? Are you making the most of them? Are you throwing them away? 
Are you sleeping too much? Are you lazy? See, wisdom, wisdom literature is in your face because the goal is that you would grow and not become a fool. A fool forgets that he lives and dies. A fool forgets that he's in God's world, God's space, God's life. So the fear of the Lord, the recognition of God in all things, not just church things, all things is the beginning. It's not the end of wisdom. It's the beginning. So if we can come to the same base level, I don't own myself. I am owned by God. God made me. God put me. God planted me. And now God is saying, thrive in my world. Go for it with me. The question becomes, where is God going? And will you ask him? Number five, we're almost done. Wisdom is yours for the asking. And here's the good news. No matter where you are in your growth, wisdom is yours. So, so wisdom, while it seems difficult, is actually accessible. James 1, 5. Remember I said James is the book of wisdom in the New Testament, most similar to Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. He says, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God. Doesn't say ask your friend. Doesn't say ask your parents. You don't lack, if you lack wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. God will give you the ability to be skillful. Now, I have to give a disclaimer. God will not always give you the answer. So I, I don't know what to do. Is it new car or used? Because you, know, you think depreciation happens the moment you drive it off the lot. One mile, went down. Just went, it just went down. But it's got the full warranty, and it's got no dings, and it smells. Ooh, like, you know, or one year old, same exact model. They changed the dashboard three ways so they can upcharge. And, and, and okay, so which is God? Do I go leather or do I go cloth? Like the, and God smiles. And he says, oh, I have the answer. Wisdom. That's the ability to use skill and knowledge. Now, I'm not, I'm not anti-new or pro-used. What I'm simply saying is most of life's choices, you could go either direction. They're going to take you somewhere. So you just need to grow in the skill of understanding and knowledge and the beautiful gift called wisdom. So what do we do now? Ephesians 1.7 tells us exactly what to do. We ask for it. I keep asking God our... Uh, the, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the Spirit, and NIV capitalizes Spirit, I think rightly, because it's not just generic, like the Spirit of wisdom. I mean, we live in an earth-friendly state. Let's be clear. Everyone feels like, I'm, I'm connecting with the source of wisdom. Our source of wisdom isn't ethereal, and it, it could be mystical, but not just floaty. It's tangible in that the Holy Spirit is a person, so, pray that God gives you the Holy Spirit of wisdom and the Holy Spirit of revelation so that you may know Him better. And that's the key. Wisdom is knowing God better. God's world, I'm living God's life. So if I know God better by His Holy Spirit, I can, I will be wise. Paul prays for the churches. I pray to believers, and I'm praying, and we as an eldership team, and the leadership team are praying that we will grow exponentially in wisdom. 
so that, and this is why it's so important, people are looking for role models that have skill, right? Here's a tip. If you're studying a particular path, going a particular way in your degree, yes, listen to what your professor says. He or she may have all sorts of um, technical and all sorts of theoretical knowledge. But I always ask myself in every class that I'm in, is this person doing it or talking about it? Is the professor, the educator, are they actually doing it? Because anyone can talk about it. So I'm not judging my professor, but what I look for is the practitioner, and I take the professor and the practitioner, and together I learn wisdom. The person with the theory is important, but the person with the practical experience is important. So if you're studying in whatever trade, find the theoretical knowledge, sure, but find the people doing it at the gritty level and find out how to succeed, how to live with skill. That goes for anything. And the same thing when it comes to the kingdom of God. We pray and ask God, Holy Spirit, don't just give me theoretical ability. Holy Spirit, you have, you have entered into the lives of people for thousands of years and showed them and guided them how to live. Here I am. I have X amount of years. Holy Spirit, guide me. Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy, in every scenario, I'm asking the Holy Spirit, I don't know what to do. Guide me in the place of wisdom. So the Holy Spirit's wise, and wisdom could be said as partnering for us with the Holy Spirit in all of life. You want to be wise? Partner with the Holy Spirit in every area of life. So our response is now required. What you're going to learn about wisdom, and we're not just going to do Proverbs. So this isn't just a Proverbs series where every week, you know, Proverbs, day we keep the devil away, or whatever. Um, no, it's an apple a day. Oh, it's an apple and a doctor. Anyway, this isn't that. This, this is, we're going to go all over the Bible. Because wisdom is from Genesis to Revelation. And every week we're just going to hone in on what area. And I'm basically giving it all away in week one. Whatever topic we're talking about, you're going to find there's multiple paths. And what we're going to have to do is wise people, the fool stays on the path of destruction and reaches destruction. The wise one leaves the path of destruction for the path that leads to life. So I'm going to ask with an open-ended big picture question, what path are you on right now? now I didn't even give you the subject, so I'm just going to be more broad and generic. What path are you on right now? The fear of the Lord, my friend, is the beginning of knowledge. So there's this path that is knowledge, instruction, guidance. But the fool despises wisdom and instruction. So knowledge, wisdom, instruction is going this way. No offense to you. Because you didn't, you know, you just chose to see. Sorry. But the fool is going down this aisle, okay? Knowledge, wisdom, instruction is here. Fool is going here. That leads to death. That leads to life. And all over Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Job, Song of Songs, parables, death, life. There's like, there's very real result. So some of us just need to own up to the fact that cruising along, 
is one of the most deadly postures to be in. My, my foot's not on the gas. My foot's not on the brake. I'm not going left. I'm not going right. I'm not, I'm not using Waze or whatever GPS you use. I'm just, I'm just going, man. Where are you going? I'm just, I'm just going. Wherever the road may take me. Well, the road may take you off a cliff. The road may take you where there isn't a gas station. You can run out of gas. Oh, as cool as it sounds, just be going. It's actually not helpful. Be wise. And the good news is God has words for us. So every week we want to listen to these words that are written to be wise. Which path are you on? Now, um, this is week one, fundamentals. If you are not following Jesus, this is going to sound mean, but it's just not. It's just where the Bible takes us. You are not wise yet. Because Jesus is for us, the New Testament says, wisdom. Jesus is for us wisdom. You want to know the heart of God? He sent his son not only to pay the price for our sin and to bring us to life, but to model wise living. If you're not following Jesus, you can't be wise. It's impossible. Because Jesus' path, his road, always leads to wisdom, instruction, knowledge, life. But the fool says, I don't need Jesus to be wise. And I don't want any of us to live foolishly. Now again, when I say fool, I don't mean you're mean or you're bad or you're evil. I just mean that you're not wise. So the fool, it's not that they can't learn. The fool refuses to learn from Jesus. So let's just start there. If you're not following Jesus, or if you're coasting along in your pursuit of Jesus, if you're content with what you know about Jesus, if you're happy, like, I, I got Jesus and I don't need any more, Oh my goodness, telltale sign, you're not growing in wisdom. But you show me the person who says, I love Jesus, but I have so much more to learn. I want Jesus. I'm craving Jesus. I've been studying, and I I feel like I'm just scratching the surface. That's the kind of person I want to follow. And those are the kind of people we want to be. What path are you on? I want you to stand on your feet. We're going to worship in response. But maybe you're here and you say, Jose, I'm not, like, I kind of go to church and Bible. I read it a couple times, but I'm not really following Jesus. My friend, this morning, right now, wisdom literature says, change your direction. It's in our face. And I'm inviting you this morning to change your direction. And you can change because Jesus has enabled you to change. So this morning, as we worship, as we respond, here's the response God is looking for. God, forgive me for doing life apart from Jesus. Today, I'm going his way. Now, if you say, well, I started that 30 years ago, I'd say, say it again. If today, I am going to go the way of Jesus. I want you, Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of Jesus. I want you to fill me and work in me and and dissect me and go into the hidden spaces. And I want to live with skill. And Jesus, you provide skill. Today, every single one of us should respond and faith and humility and acceptance of Jesus. And I pray that's where we begin. So let's do that together and we'll respond with singing and in a bit the Lord's table. Lord, we love you and we, we invite you now, Holy Spirit of God, to draw out in us 
what, you, what you're planting in seed form. Grow it. Make us wise. Grow us into wise living, skillful living. Jesus, we repent from trying to do life apart from you. We invite you now, even as we sing and as we come and eat the bread and drink the cup, to transform us from the inside out. Do it, Lord Jesus, we pray.